This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. The section of the Sermon on the Mount I'm going to be looking at today has to be one of the the best, as well as one of the most neglected, misused sayings of Jesus. It's when Jesus says, don't judge, judge not lest ye be judged. I'm going to show how this has its roots in Jesus' teaching of non-duality. I'm going to start off by reading Jesus' words in the context of this section. He says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me remove the speck from your eye? And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It was actually a study done about a decade or so by the Barna Research Group that surveyed Americans ages 16 to 29 years old to discover what they thought about Christians and, and churches, presumably to understand why this portion of the population was leaving the church. The book that came out of this was entitled Unchristian, subtitled What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters. It revealed that this age group's perception of Christianity was overwhelmingly negative. The three most common perceptions of Christianity were that Christians are anti-homosexual, judgmental, and hypocritical in that order. This is what Jesus is addressing in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus did not judge. He never had a bad word to say about any. And all the religious people were calling sinners. Unlike today when many Christians seem to define themselves by what and whom they are against. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus had a lot to say though about judgmental religious people. Jesus' most common accusation was that they were hypocritical. It's sad that 2,000 years later, those who say they follow Jesus are the ones who are doing exactly what Jesus tells us not to do. Jesus' words are rooted in non-duality. Judgment and his cousin condemnation are rooted in a dualistic way of looking at the world. The only way that you can judge is to divide into two. And only then can you judge between them. If always seen as one, one does not judge. We judge someone only if we see them as different from us. And different is considered dangerous to dualistic thinking. Different often leads to thinking that they are 
therefore worse, or at least their behavior is worse. This is all ego. Ego is completely blind to non-dual reality. The reality is that we are no different than the one that we are judging. Not only are we no better than the one we are judging, in non-duality we are the one that we are judging. By judging others we are therefore, without knowing it, judging ourselves. And that produces, without us even knowing it, knowing it, this guilt and shame and all sorts of other problems, personal and societal. The other day I was reading a letter to the editor from a New Hampshire state representative in our local newspaper. It's a perfect example of judgmental attitude and hypocrisy. The letter was entitled, Take Kids Out of Schools Which Are Following Path of Hitler. The representative then proceeds to quote and compare Democrats to Adolf Hitler, Vladimir Lenin, and Joseph Stalin. He says that Democrats, Democrats are trying to turn public schools into training centers for Hitler youth. It was awful, awful letter. He doesn't realize that I said it more about him than I said about anyone else. The thing is, he could have made his case about education reform and parental rights with all, all the moralistic and partisan rhetoric. And people would have listened to him. I would have listened to him. God knows we need to improve American education. But all he did was divide people. His attitude is so condescending and judgmental that even if you are sympathetic with his viewpoint on the issues, you don't want anything to do with this guy or anything that he might propose. This man does not see that he is no different than his enemy. He is unwilling to take the plank out of his own eye. He doesn't even notice there is a plank in his eye. The reality is his position would not exist without the opposing position. That's why American politics has gravitated to this two-party system without any viable third or fourth or fifth party. We tend toward dualism. We tend to need someone we can identify as our enemy in order to reinforce our egoic identity. In other words, enemies create each other. You would not know what right is without wrong. Right cannot exist without wrong. Good cannot exist without evil. Freedom cannot exist without bondage. Negative cannot exist without positive. There's no up without down. No high without low. No light without darkness. All dualities are in fact one reality that includes the two opposing sides. A coin cannot have a front without a back. And yet with the front and the back it is one. So all duality is like this. It's like a magnet. You can't have a magnet without two poles. You can't have a 
battery without a positive and, and a negative terminal. A bird can't fly without two wings. What appears as duality, when you look at it, the bigger picture, it is in fact non-duality. Non-dual reality includes all duality. When one sees the oneness at the heart of reality, and that we are, therefore, this non-dual reality, then one sees that we include all opposites. That's the meaning of the yin-yang symbol. But the ego does not and cannot see that. It wants to be the good guy who is opposed to the bad guy. Which means that someone has to play the bad guy role. We need our enemy. For us to be as righteous as we can be, we need, they need to be as unrighteous as they can be. And hence, the political rhetoric of comparing our political opponents to the arch-villains of history. Now this is true in both sides of the political spectrum in the United States, just so you realize I'm not taking sides here. Progressives play the dualistic game as much as conservatives. Progressives think that conservatives are evil. Progressives compare Republicans to fascists and Nazis. And if they're not fascists or Nazis, then we have to make them into fascists and Nazis in order to feel like we're right. And whatever the other party is, the opposing party is wrong. And both parties do this. Both sides demonize the other side. I'll give you an example. I got a comment on one of my videos accusing me of being satanic and demonic. I'll read the comment. Marshall Davis, you are bringing in the teachings of the pagans and Satanist devil worshiper and through them the devil. This person has to see me as evil and demonic in order to consider himself to be on the side of good and God. The scribes and Pharisees said the same things about Jesus. They said he is possessed by Beelzebul. That's a word for the devil. He has an unclean spirit, they said. By the prince of demons, he casts out demons. Jesus said that we would be called the same thing. Jesus said a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. Religious people, especially in Western religions, see the world as a battleground between good and evil. God is good, the devil is evil. The spiritual life is seen as a war between the forces of light and the forces of darkness, between good and evil. The good feels the need to judge evil and destroy evil. That is the source of religious persecution and prejudice and violence. East is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet, it says. Well, in non-duality the twain not only meet, 
They are seen as two sides of the same reality. Non-dual reality includes both good and evil. The God beyond God, true God, the ground of being, being itself, the one non-dual reality, transcends good and evil and at the same time includes the duality of good and evil. Now this is a very difficult thing for those of us who have been nurtured in Christianity to see or accept. We are used to thinking in terms of God of light, that is that war with the God of darkness, which is called the God of this world. But Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, resist not evil, literally resist not an evil one. Now that sounds like heresy to Christi Christianity because Christians think they have to resist evil. Christianity sees itself on the good side of good, resisting evil. The Apostle Paul has that section that he compares Christians to a Roman soldier putting on the armor of God and resisting evil. But Jesus says, resist not evil. The book of Revelation pictures history as a cosmic battle between good and evil. Jesus literally pictured as a good guy on the white horse with the sword slaying the forces of evil. But that's not the Jesus of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus did not ride into Jerusalem on a white horse with a sword, but came on a donkey with palm fronds. The way of Jesus makes no sense to traditional dualistic religion or politics or cultural wars or social ethics or war or national policy. But Jesus is not talking about those things. Jesus is talking about spirituality. Spiritual awakening reveals that ultimately there is no duality. There appears to be, but there's a non-duality that includes all duality. We wake up and we see that we are one with our enemy, that we include both good and evil, right and wrong. When we take the plank out of our own eye, we step back and say, wow, how did I never see that before? When we see that we are the whole, and not just one half fighting against the other half, then that undercuts our tendency to judge others. We know that when we judge others, we are actually, on a deeper level, judging ourselves. Because, on a deeper or higher level, however you want to look at it, they are ourselves. To condemn people as being so different from us that we have to kill them, or imprison them, or ban them, or get rid of them in order to rid the world of evil, that's the height of hypocrisy. That's spiritual death. This non-dual teaching of Jesus is difficult for people to see and accept. And when we voice this, people think that we are surrendering to evil, or we are collaborating with evil, or secretly we are deceiving people, or we are on the side of the demons. We are seen as dangerous, 
That's why Jesus follows up this teaching with some more words. He says this immediately after. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. He's talking about how to speak this non-dual truth. He is saying, this teaching is holy. Be careful how you speak it and who you speak it to, because people will not understand this and they'll turn and attack you for it. This saying of Jesus here, comparing people to dogs and swine, would be condescending and judgmental coming from anyone but Jesus. But in Jesus' mouth, we see it as wisdom. He is saying that the gospel that he preaches, the gospel of non-duality, is so radical that we have to be very careful how we speak it. That's why Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, it says. But then he explained the parables privately to his closest disciples. This is the radical gospel of Christian non-duality. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.